Collegiate Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 246. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay, the Jedi Ross, and as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J studios this week on the show. It's the Toronto Comics Anthology, Sunday, social number seven, live from the Sidekick Comic Cafe in beautiful Leslieville, downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, that's right. Social number seven for the Toronto Comics Anthology. A bunch of people met up at the Sidekick Comic Cafe, one of our favorite spots in the city. And we made some pod. We made some pod with Miss Marsha Iwasaki. She wrote a story in uh, Toronto Comics Anthology Young at Heart. It's called The Tanuki of Riverdale. Uh, you got to check that out. It's a cool little story. Uh, we get to know her a little, and we have a fun conversation. Followed by a State of the Union, uh, an all-encompassing address uh, on the Toronto Comics Anthology uh, from lead editor Mr. Stephen Andrews. He's been on the show many, many times. You might be familiar with Stephen. He's always a wonderful conversation. Uh, and that's about it. That's what happened. We went to the sidekick. You need to go to the sidekick. It's right on uh, Queen just east of Leslie, on the north side there. Go check it out. Comics, coffee, games, good people, good talk, all that fun stuff. Uh, the Sidekick Comic Cafe. Yeah, go check it out. And also, make sure that you get your hands. Uh, go to Toronto Comics with an X.com. Get your copy of Toronto Comics Anthology Young at Heart. Get it now. Here you go. Conversations with Miss Marsha Iwasaki. Mr. Stephen Andrews. We'll see you next time. Hello, Marcia. Yes. It's nice wonderful to, to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So you were just telling me that this is your first time being involved in the Toronto Comics Anthology. Yep. How did that come about? Well, actually, it all started here at the Sidekick. Um, I was okay. just coming by one day to work on some illustrations and get a coffee. And Andrew Stevenson, the the main editor for the Young at Heart. Um, project happened to be there selling volume three um, and I bought it he talked to me into actually buying volume one two and three okay. and I got signatures from some of the artists um, and then uh, they noticed that I had a brush pen um, for inking okay and so they're like hey are you like oh. into art and I was like actually yeah <laughs> and I whipped out my sketchbook and, right and yeah so they encouraged me to go for it and it was about a month before um, the pitch submissions. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I studied furiously, like what this whole project was about. And so is your background in art? Is it in comics, or what area of art is your background? Um, I've kind of always done more like ink and watercolor, and then I was kind of playing around with zines. Okay. Um, but I've took a few courses at OCAD. Right on. And I studied design previously, but I always yeah. felt like my style really fit the whole comic scene and. When I started to learn more about the storytelling aspect and the techniques, I got really excited. So, right on, right yeah. on. So you just grew up into art, but you never were you ever into comic books, or were you a fan when you were a kid? Or? Um, not as much. The, like just besides, like you know, Archie stuff, or like whatever right I could find at the convenience store. <laughs> right. Well, when did art start for you? Were you very young? When it became like a passion, or? Um. 
Yeah, I studied, I think um, on Saturday mornings, my mom put me into a like Toronto Parks and Rec ink and watercolor class. No way. Yeah. That's cool that that existed. Yeah. Yeah, usually and those things are like, all right, kick this ball around the park for three hours. Yeah, but no, it was like awesome. That's and then very cool. just always did art. And then at university, I did design um, and also a bunch of other subjects like psychology and Japanese just so I could torture myself because it's right a challenging language. <laughs> yeah. So. That's cool. Were your parents artsy? Does it run in your blood? Or? Um, I, well, I think my, my grandfather... He, he was a violinist, and he was also an absentee farmer. He wasn't a very good farmer, okay. but he was an amazing calligraphy artist, and oh, cool. he actually won an award from the emperor no in way. Japan. Wow. And my father, I think he always wanted to be a comic artist, and he would always draw little doodles for us, but right he worked as an electrician. So but cool. we always had yeah. art in the house. So. That's cool. So it totally ran in the blood a little bit, eh? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So are you, how long, have you always been in Toronto? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been in Toronto born and raised here right on. so yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. i'm always like right in the city or um i was born in the city and then my parents moved out to scarborough okay uh when they started having kids right right yeah yeah so. it's always cool to meet people who actually grew up in the city because yeah. most of us are from like mississauga or brampton yeah. or north york or something so when i meet like yeah. the true degrassi kids yeah you know um it's, it's very cool to grow up in a city like this, too. I mean, we have so much uh, opportunity as yeah. far as schools and, yeah, you know, the culture sure. and everything. Yeah. But that's it's still very cool to hear that. How yeah. old were you, do you think, when you were in that ink and watercolor thing? I think I was about 12. Okay. Yeah, it was a deal I made with my mom because all my brothers and sisters, they had to do Japanese school. Okay. Because um, they wanted us to learn Japanese. Right. But I hated it. <laughs> Are your parents Japanese? From, yeah, yeah, they from came from Japan. Japan so yeah. you're first generation? Yeah. Right on. Very cool. So the deal yeah. was, you're not going to sit at home watching cartoons so you got to pick a class so I said okay put me in the art class so right, that was right. a deal <laughs> awesome so you meet Andrew here and yeah. this whole thing you know you become aware of the Toronto Comics yeah. Anthology so yeah. uh, was it at that meeting that you decided I think I might go for this and they started asking you about um, if you're an artist yeah well I I just thought oh like I wonder if I can handle it because I haven't I've just done like two page spreads and then like my little mini zine and I had little comics in there but right, right. nothing to this scale yeah. And I've never been like in such a big group collaboration. Right. So I wasn't quite sure what it entailed. Okay. Um, but then they had like an info meeting a month later. Right. And so we got to hear a bit more. And then a month after that, maybe two weeks before the pitch deadline, yeah. um, they had the the pitch session where they invited potential creators to come in and share their ideas in right. front of a group of comic lovers. And a little then, bit intimidating, eh? Yeah, I had no idea what to do. So like my first like blurt. I, I kind of went on and on and in my head I was like shut up shut up like you're going on too long and I looked at Andrew like how was that yeah. and he was like super constructive and super supportive and right. basically just kind of said well it's a cool idea but you've given me like a 200 page graphic novel idea you gotta like pare right. it down trim that thing down yeah, yeah. so it is it's a great environment mm -hmm. uh, with Andrew and everything they've created as far as yeah. making newbies feel welcome you know yeah and and, and the reaction from the audience mm -hmm. it was really helpful and I was kind of surprised at the idea I put I, I put through two pitches okay and I thought my first one was gonna be more popular but my second one which ended up going into the anthology got a lot of laughs so. it's always the b-side yeah, you know yeah. the artists they put out the record they put out their comic and then it always ends up being the b-side that yeah. people are like this is this is what's going on you know yeah. i think maybe sometimes mm -hmm. it's because 
the artist created it with less pressure, you know? Yeah, and sometimes you get fixated on an idea. Right. The first idea isn't necessarily your best one sometimes. So right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So from that uh, mm-hmm. from that stage, yeah. where do we go next? Do you get paired up? Um, well, I submitted two story ideas, and I also let them know that I was willing to illustrate my own if they took my my written story, right. or if they didn't want my stories, I was willing to illustrate somebody else's. Right. Very so cool. they ended up taking both. Wow. So I was able to both write and illustrate my story. So okay. that was an interesting experience because yeah. I think a lot of the other stories are made up of a team of a writer right. and an artist. Oh, most most often, yeah. It's, that's why it's a bold move on your part to yeah. just kind of jump in, you know, with both feet and yeah, for in sure. both arenas. There haven't been that many stories in the past in the anthology. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think in this one there was only three of us that right. did it all. So. Right, and there were less stories this yeah, year too. For so sure. you know, good on you. That's yeah. a nice first jump in. So why don't Thank you tell you. the fine people about your stories so my story is called the tanuki of riverdale and it's kind of a, a it's a romantic comedy story and i took elements of um like japanese folklore like the the tanuki they're shape changers okay they're like raccoons kind of but right. they can change into objects or people, and they like to play tricks on humans. Okay. And so is I this t- based in any actual lore, or this yes, is completely... Yes, this is from, okay. like, Japanese um, folklore. Okay, yeah. Um, and then I also took the element of... It's kind of like Romeo and Juliet in Asia, but there's a star festival, um, and it's about these two constellations that were separated. They used to be people, but they were thrown up into the sky because they defied you know, right. orders, and they loved each other, but they couldn't be together mm. until July 7th. That's when the constellation comes close. Okay. So in that way, it's kind of like Sounds astrology. Yeah. yeah. Astrology yeah. meets Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And I mixed all of that in together and set my story um, in Toronto, in Riverdale. Right, right, um, right. Which, funnily, is like the place where my parents first rented an apartment when they came to Canada. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's good to have that history in there, though. You know, that's one of the best things about the anthology is yeah. that it's not just Toronto artists. It's stories about Toronto. Yeah. However whacked out they may be, yeah. it's about the history. And it's great for the diversity and the <laughs> culture, and the, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've read several stories now, and uh, I don't know if this is the first Japanese one that I can think of. That yeah. might be in the anthology. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's influences, like, you know, the whole robot thing, and some right. of the other stories have that. So. Right, right, right. That's very, very awesome. So where do we go from here? Are you just kind of riding this plane? Did, has um, this inspired you to create more? And, oh, yeah, totally. Stay, yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. loved I loved the process, and, and the editor that was paired with me was Allison O'Toole. Yeah, absolutely. And she was amazing. Right. Every time I got notes back from her, it was super constructive, um, exactly what I needed. Right, right. Um, and I was totally open to guidance because I knew I needed it. Oh, well, you, so. you got to be humble to learn, right? Yeah. You know, those are the guys who make it the furthest, you know? Yeah. It's very cool. When I meet the top creators, you yeah. know, from the big two or whatever, most of them, nine out of ten times, are the most humble yeah. guys who have had to, you know, go through it themselves. Totally. So, you know? So, yeah, without her, I don't know if I could have done it. Yeah. Um, and so she really helped me out through the whole process. And But doing it, it was almost like, I, like a lot of the creators have been through Ty Templeton's comic book boot camp. And I feel oh, yeah. like I kind of put myself through a boot camp, but like in the dark, underwater. Sure, so, sure. <laughs> so this time, like right now, I'm taking Ty's class just to fill in some ask. gaps. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I see what I don't know. Yeah. Do you know um, how difficult it is for me to find a guest on this show that hasn't been through oh, really? the boot camp? Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's like a, a rites of passage. Yeah. I, I think I kind of did it backwards. I probably right. should have taken his class first. But I mean, I learned so much just you know on my own right right but it made me hungry to really like 
take full control of the medium. Sure. And sure, so, yeah. like every class with Thai, it's just mind blasting. It's really right. amazing, and it's giving me so much more confidence yeah. to really attack the story and like, you know, solve my problems with confidence in terms of like the creative decisions. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely cool. I mean, yeah. Allison, she's kind of becoming Toronto's like uh, editor at large these days. Yeah. So it's very yeah. cool as a first timer. Yeah. You know, to get to, you know, feed off her experience. Yeah, I you was know? super lucky. She's done so many of these damn stories now. It's oh, insane, I know. you know? Yeah, I don't know and where she finds the time. <laughs> she makes it. Somehow she makes it. Same thing with Ty. Like yeah. like I was just saying, like so many people come on the show and just sing praises at the boot camp. And oh, now yeah. it just, like you say, it filled in the gaps, mm-hmm. you know? It, it made things clearer. Yeah. You know, so many people have those aha moments, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the whole anthology was inspired by Ty. Oh, totally, yeah. And the boot camp itself. So it's very yeah. appropriate, you know. But I know a few other people who are taking it now after they've already released a few comics yeah. as well. Yeah, so, and he has so many know. other courses, like the anatomy, right. the mm-hmm. writing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I know he's he's a legend, and he really knows his stuff, so I just want to absorb as much as I can. Yeah, and he's, he, yeah. he's a sweet fellow, too. He's always willing to have a nice chat and yeah. you know, hang out. So, very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Comics Anthology. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, it was what at Riverdale again? The Tanuki of Riverdale. Okay, that sounds very cool. Kids, check it out in uh, Young at Heart. Yeah. Uh, can they find you online? Can they check your stuff yeah. out anywhere? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, well, my website is tamikoart.com, okay. and I'm also on Instagram under Tamiko's Art. Okay. Um, so you can find me there, and I'll be posting, you know, um, my sketches, my process picks. I'm, um, I'm working on some pitches for a few other anthologies right now. So. Right on. Yeah. Very, very Great. cool. Uh, yeah, we are the world of anthologies out here in Toronto. Yeah. It's like a new anthology every week, it feels like. But hey, whatever supports the kids and gives these opportunities for people like you to get your foot in the door. Exactly. And now, now it's gangbusters. Yeah. So when you get your first project together, whatever the next one is, you have to make sure that you come back and uh, mm-hmm. tell us all about it so we can uh, keep track of your development as uh, another one of Toronto's fine artists, yes? Definitely, for Very sure. Cool. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you so much. I'm always confused, Stephen Andrews. Yep. Can you hear me now? You, I can hear you perfectly. The Fantastic. whole world can hear Well, not the whole Terrifying. world. A very, very small part. <laughs> Hopefully our, our brethren in the Toronto comics community is hearing this, because here we go with, uh, with yet another update on Toronto Comics Anthology Volume 4, Young at Heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. What a year, dude. This yeah, one seemed it's been to, intense. It seemed to fly by. It seemed to happen so quickly. From oh yeah, it was. It was something. Public, did, was it quicker? Or did it just feel quicker? Um, it was more ambitious. We pushed harder this year than before. Right. Uh, one of the things we didn't do super well last year was our marketing, and so that was a really big focus for us this year. Right. And then we had to put a lot more energy into that, and we learned a lot doing it. Right. And we we saw a real uh, return on that investment. Okay. And we put out so much time into marketing and advertising, and we at the same time we saw uh, a stronger and a larger Kickstarter response than we've ever seen before. Right. Uh, we got news coverage we've never seen before. Right. Right. And I feel like it really kind of helped us get moving. Absolutely. And so for our next books, can be even bigger and even better. Well, Volume Three was so good. Oh yeah, yeah. I think a lot of this came on the back of that, probably. I think every book is a step ladder or a step towards the progress of the next one absolutely and that every year you have to be a little more ambitious you have to push yourself and next year we'll find another way to do something more interesting right well you found it uh, the new formula this year was a little bit tighter less stories uh, yep. and you added color yeah uh, color added to the development time mm-hmm. uh, but it reduced the amount of time spent in editing right because uh, with volume three there were so many stories we found that the editors got a little bit burned out Okay. Uh, Hold on, sorry, did you say the coloring reduced the editing time? Yes. How? How? Um, 
because uh, in volume three, we had something like uh, 30 stories in total between three editors. Okay. So each of us had 10 stories to manage. Okay. Uh, whereas this one, each of us only had five or six stories okay, to manage. Okay, so the choice to color, which yes. made it less stories, made it easier to exactly. edit. Exactly. Okay. I, I mean, coloring still has its own review points, review points right. and it still had its own stresses, and it added like another three weeks of development time. Right. But at the same time, like, much of that was born on the backs of the artists as opposed to on the backs of the editors. Okay, that makes a lot more sense, absolutely. Because this one just seemed to, to blow out of the gate this year. Like, it seemed a uh, lot less We also had, less like, effort. we've got a structure. No, it was more effort than ever. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, but the structure, we at least knew it. Okay. Um, I think in You're just getting really good at it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been practice. <laughs> well, how much practice have you had now? How many years? Uh, like, four right? years now. Yeah, like, come on. But I think we've come a long way in four years. Oh, you've come very far in four years. You I know? mean, like the first book we did, again, it was an experimental project. Uh, we printed it through CreateSpace in the States. Really? Uh, yeah, it didn't okay. look good at all. <laughs> it didn't uh, look that bad, but... No, yeah. I mean, like, it was terrible. You, you haven't seen the CreateSpace editions. Oh, oh because okay. like so the one I have isn't yeah, we from that print Oh, right. no, no, we did a, another print job later on uh, with Marquis. Okay. We did a fantastic job with it. Right we on. didn't know who was a good printer and who was a bad printer then. Right. It was all a case of, like, fumbling and learning through trial and error, okay. making expensive mistakes. Right, right, right. But at right. the same time, like, we have figured out a lot of the process now. Right. Right. And I feel like now that we have the, the skeleton locked down, it means that we have more room to expand. Right. We can do more ambitious things because we know how to get like our basic stuff down. Right. And yeah. so it's still it's just as busy, if not more busy, all the time. Right. But simultaneously it's like the quality is better. We're making better stories and better books. Right, right. Did you consider the fact that I mean, you started out with this vision, you started out with this idea, and it's uh, been this amazing support structure for new artists and getting Toronto artists out there. But the amount that you guys, as far as the, you know, the team behind the entire structure has learned so much as far as just editing, publishing, like, did you kind of, did that cross your mind that I'm going to have to learn to get really good at this other stuff <laughs> as well? Like... I had no idea what I didn't know. Right, right. Uh, and I kind of dove in and I had to figure it out as we went. Right. And I've learned a lot about marketing. I've learned a lot about publishing and editing. What, like, I feel like as a writer I've improved okay. because now I've seen so many pitches for other people's stories that I can, I can better identify what makes them compelling at an early stage. Right, right. And I feel like my understanding of stories has improved from it. Absolutely. Um, we've, also, we've also learned an enormous amount doing this. Uh, and that was kind of the, the point as well. Right. When we started out, right from the first book, we knew we wanted to make a book. We didn't know how you made a book at all. Right. And so we just... Other than, like, the base of the, the Ty Templeton's boot camp that you yeah. kind of all attended. But even then, like, we didn't know how to publish anything. We didn't know okay. where, like, right. where books were made. Right. Uh, I didn't understand the concept of margins and gutters and all these, like, very, very basic things. It was just a mystery to us at the time. Logistics, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And, like, shipping stuff. I, I, I understand how shipping works now at a level that would keep me up at night. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. When I started the show, I could barely use Facebook. Yeah. And now I'm like building websites and stuff, and these yeah. these other skills that you develop. Which I think because is of this great. one love. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. like, I think it's fantastic. I think like as long as you're learning something new every day, it's worth doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So did you submit? Did did the artists themselves do the color, or did you have a broad colorer? Or um, how did that work? 
most of the time the artists did the coloring themselves. Okay. Uh, in some cases, we did hire a colorist. Okay. Uh, Megan Carter. Uh, she colored a couple stories for us. Absolutely. Yeah, and she does. A, she colors Pitiful Human Lizard. Right. And she's right. fantastic. Oh, I didn't know she covered. She colored the. Oh lizard yeah, she as did. Well. Um, yeah. Phil McClory's Argonaut story. Right. Right. Uh, and she did. Uh, Oh, God. Uh, Dan Caruso and Megan Moynoff's baseball story. Right on. Right uh, the, the Dave Steve one. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and she, yeah. she gets her work back in really quickly. The quality is good. Right. Uh, very easy to work with. That's awesome. And, I mean, look at Allison O'Toole, uh, you know, yeah. one of your fine top editors. You handed a lot more of the responsibility for yeah. the editing. Yeah, they've been an enormous help. I could not have done the book without them. And Aaron Feldman, like, legitimately, of course. Yeah. When I was looking into the planning for Volume 4, uh-huh. um, if either of them had said no, they didn't want to be a part of it, I don't think I'd have done the book. Oh, really? Uh, because they're necessary. They're a huge part of it. Right, right. Uh, and right. they're, like, I'm... You've built trust as well, and yeah, you guys are a team, I, I right? know their yeah, taste, yeah, yeah. and they challenge me, and they disagree with me in ways that I need. Right, right. Because uh, we each have very different things we look for in a story. Okay. Like, I'm the, I'm the Michael Bay. Right. I want something that's... <laughs> Yeah. I want something that's big and loud and right. smashes the ground. Like, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, I want a big visual. Right, right. Uh, whereas Aaron wants something more experimental. He wants something that kind of pushes the medium a little bit. Okay. Uh, Allison wants something that talks about issues that matter. Right. She wants, like, I'm simplifying drastically here. But, uh, but I understand what you're saying. But we each, yeah. like, if all three of us like a pitch, it's good. Right, right. We come at it from very different angles, but all of us have something in there that we love. It adds variety, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whereas if, like, if I just pick stories, I would pick things that are big and loud. Yeah. And that's not enough. Yeah. That's not enough to, like, hold a book together. And so I saw my weakness in this, and they had a strength that it really benefited the book. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and also their logistical help, their help with, with managing the books, yeah. uh, has been an enormous source of strength and help. Well, Allison's quickly becoming Toronto's editor-at-large these yeah, days, yeah. you know? Like, I'm she's really had so excited. much practice in between... The yeah. anthologies with and the she's lizard. Her own and book now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know? Have you talked about Wayward Sisters? I have actually. It has yet to come up on the show. Well, then. So let us discuss Wayward All Sisters. Right. Yet another uh, I wish fine Allison was anthology. Here so could give the best. I know she had puppy issues. Yeah. I believe. I she think got a she brand new adorable puppy. I saw. It is an adorable it's little super puppy. Cute. Uh, I think poppy, she's. I think. Oh, poppy. Yeah. Poppy. Poppy it's the puppy. Um, Yeah, Wayward Sisters is her focus. It's been something she wanted to do for a couple years now. Right on. Uh, It's a woman's monster anthology Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, women and non-binary creators only. Right. And the pitch is to allow women to be monstrous, to be not the the nice one or the good one or the savior or the the adult in the room full of little boys, to be powerful and wrong and evil and strong. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be really compelling. Yeah. And like we've seen a huge response from it. Right. Uh, we put out the call for submission that's still open right now. Right. It'll be open until uh, June 11th for people to submit to it. Uh, and there's some fantastic stories submitted. Uh, Already, some fantastic eh? artwork. Like we've this got is getting about, off the ground quickly. We've, we've got about uh, 50 artists have applied and about Holy 50 geez. stories so far. Really? Yeah. Wow. And again, like we still have another two weeks for a deadline. My so God, well, it's not a surprise. There's a strong, you know, strong woman culture in this community in this yeah. city you know? and it's, an, it's an untapped niche and I think Allison has been keenly aware of it because something that she wanted to read and there was no one no one feeding her that right, and right, so she's right. gone out to make it herself yeah because women can write some scary shit yeah. man you want to get all cerebral on her asses yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely but uh, we saw an enormous amount of signal boosting when we started advertising for it um we saw Gail Simone getting involved, people repeating this thing. Right, And just yeah. a whole bunch of like big names in the industry really supporting it. That's amazing. Uh, and so I'm really excited about that project. So what are the rules and restrictions? Is this Toronto-only artists? Or oh, is no, this, this is international. This could be anybody, Yeah, eh? if you're like, 
if you are a woman or non-binary and you like getting paid in U.S. dollars, right, uh, right, then right, send us right, a pitch. Right. Uh, we're paying 51 U.S. dollars a page. Uh, which is just okay. It's not great, but it's really well, important something. Now. Absolutely. Well, that's yeah. the great thing is you guys have at least got this formula to the point where everybody's not just doing it for exposure. You know, yeah. whatever little bit you're able to give, you're giving, and that's the yeah. important part. And we're transparent with our finances. We want to show people we're not exploiting anybody. Right. Right. So, will you be involved? Are you allowed um, to be oh involved? Oh God, no. Okay. Uh, my involvement <laughs> is that I'm paying Allison. Okay. Uh, I do not want to be involved in the stories. I don't bring anything to that book. Right. Like, I, if I like, if I'm an editor there, I'm. So paying it? her for what? Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, how are you um, involved as the, the pay? Book. Oh, you are. That's what I mean. You oh, are. Yeah, I'm, I'm publishing. You it, are like, involved. Basically, okay. I'm involved in the sense of like, I will send the book to the printers. I'll lay out the formatting and I'll do right. the shipping and the Kickstarter you do and all, all that the stuff. Dirty work. Uh, end, yeah. But simultaneously, I'm not choosing the stories. Right. I'm not editing anything. I'm not developing it. It's right. Allison and M. Blank here right. uh, who are the ones who are designing it and building the whole project. Right on, right on. Uh, right because on. I want it to be their unique voices right. and I want it to be that community uh, of women and non writing folks to really create something unique that's for them and by them. Absolutely. This is exciting, man. There could and this be is something we've been kind of wanting to do for a long time yeah. to expand just be, like, like Toronto's been good to us. I love Toronto. Right. Uh, and I want to keep on making Toronto comics. But at the same time, we got to do other books as well. Well, this is what excites me, and no offense to our glorious home of Toronto, but it's very <laughs> nice to hear branching out mm-hmm. and you guys opening this up as an international situation. I am thrilled to hear because yeah. there's a weird thing about how in Toronto, we go about it all the time. We do have probably the most talented you know, community you know, comic book-wise in the world. I'm sorry, I will say it, <laughs> and I will stick by it because there's plenty of proof. Yeah. Not that there's not amazing things as well going on in other cities. And you know me, I've always been a big push for crossover, yeah. you know, and there's something weird about Ontarians are scared to leave. <laughs> They're scared to put, you know, their dip their toe into this outside world. And I think we're modest. It, it, yeah, definitely. But I, I can see how America can be intimidating to us, especially creators. Well, also, like, you we know? have to get paid in American dollars. Right. So a lot of Canadian creators work for DC and Marvel. Absolutely. And, like, a, a lot of the big industries, they love hiring Canadians because right. they don't pay our health care. Right, right. Well, there's a few guys who are starting to step out. Like, this year, Sean Daly and Shea yeah. Han came down to Philly. Awesome. And did gangbusters. Nice. I went, I went up it. to Sean Daly on the, on the second day at about 1230. Yeah. And I was like, how are you doing, man? He gave me just like this look. I was <laughs> like, is everything okay? He's like, I've done more by now than I've done at any Toronto Comic Con. Well, that's awesome. Not Dude, Fan Expo, awesome. just Toronto Comic Con. That's, that's what I'm crazy. Saying. There's, there's, there's a market. Our books yeah. are good. If they yeah. see them, they will buy them, you know? Yeah. And like uh, Keith Great Show. He does a lot of shows. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. he's doing a bunch of shows in the States, and he's sold a lot of Toronto comics out there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just met his mother at Motor City. Oh, yeah. Well, because, uh, <laughs> you know, just, uh, just Motor City Comic Con last weekend, another spot. Where, of course, I'm hearing many people regretting not coming out from Toronto and getting tables again. Yeah. This is an amazing show. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, Keith, as oh, I like to say. Wasn't that where they had the thing with the guy? Thing with the guy? The Power Rangers guy? No, that was Phoenix. Phoenix, never that mind. That was Phoenix. All yeah, right. yeah, that was Phoenix. <laughs> Crazy shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I met Keith's mom there because she was tabling. They do the children's book together. Mm. Uh, and it's wonderful. Her mo- his mother and father are the sweetest, Aww. sweetest old people. And they're giving it. She's working it. She's hustling nice. just like anybody else, just selling <laughs> these books. Eh? I guess that sales technique runs oh, in the family. It was so cool to see. And, you know, I, I, I always take it with a grain of salt when I hear people saying, oh, I might come out or I might do that. And lo and behold, who did I pick up? Our good friend Strangler, Mr. Sam Noir actually showed oh. up at Motor City on Sunday. And I was like, I can't believe he showed up, man. Oh, yeah. He so, does a lot of shows. He travels a lot. He loves Michigan. He's been do- going to Michigan on and off for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's known what I've been saying for years of 
you know, other than this community, it's the other one that I've met that's... I've seen you at a lot of the Windsor shows, too. Uh, well, yeah, I did uh, Syndicon this year, yeah, which yeah. was a lot of fun. That was very cool. There was some cool. crossover there, but, uh, you know, and Jason Fabach, he's a Windsor boy. So, you know, there's a lot of history there jumping over, but uh, it's amazing to see. And if it gets out there, people will buy it. And that's yeah. what I'm telling kids. Like, I you got to travel. And the same thing with there. They're starting to realize what a market Toronto is. Yeah. You know, with SourcePoint first coming up this year, and they plan to be back for Fan Expo and a lot of cool, cool stuff, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Indigo. Yes. How did, how did this come about? It's wonderful. Uh, I can actually tell you it's really straightforward. There's no real secrecy to it. Uh, Indigos and most bookstores like that, like chains, like, um, uh, I guess, like, I'm trying to what the American equivalent is, like Barnes Noble, I guess? I guess so, yeah. Uh, they have consignment contracts. Basically, you can walk into a, a Barnes Noble or Chapters and say, hey, I'm a local author and I have a book I'd like to sell here. Right. And what they'll do is, like, if the book looks good, they think it has a market, uh, they'll pick it up on consignment, which means you give them the book for free. Uh, they put it on shelves, and if right. it sells, then they give you a percentage of the sales. Right, they take a cut. Yeah. Uh, they'll normally give you like 40% of the sales. Mm. Which isn't a huge amount, but at the same time, like it's money you wouldn't have made oh, otherwise. Oh no, that's amazing. And yeah. the amount of like promo you get through being exactly. on all those shelves. So is this a, is this like a, how far does this spread? Well, in this case, it's only, it's, it's store by store. Each store has a certain number of consignment slots that they okay. can give the local creators. All so right. one guy is selling really well, like good luck breaking in there. Right. But if somebody's kind of petering out, right. and you know they're not doing so great, Right. Then, like, yeah, you can you can edge in. Sure, sure. Uh, and so for us, we were at Young and Eglinton Indigo up there. Uh-huh. We had a contract with them for. Uh, I knew you were there that last year. You yeah, had, yeah, yeah. About volume a year three now, I guess. was in there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we sold a bunch of volume threes, and they came back to us and they said, "Do you have any other books to sell?" And so we got some of our previous books into their consignment slots. And I think we're actually occupying all their consignment slots That's right now. That's amazing. So, sorry, That's guys. That's amazing, man. Uh, but we just sold so many books uh, that they reached out to us, um, one of their vendor contractors. And so we're now signed on as a direct vendor for them. What? Which means that, like, tomorrow, for example, I'm going to have to load a whole pile of books into a box, uh, drive it out to the Brampton Distribution Center. Uh, and they'll just ship it out to stores across the area. Really? To, to Woodbine, Ajax, Hamilton. That's amazing. And we better be getting some out in Saga here. Uh, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Saga, actually, yeah, definitely. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, what's cool is if you go to their website, you can actually track them. If you, like, Google us, like, Young at Heart on the website, no you'll way. see, like, what stores it's in stock at. That is very And, like, cool, even man. how much they'll have in stock. Right, right. And so what they'll do is they'll order, like, one or two copies to Ajax or Barry. Right. And like if those sell, they'll order ten copies. Give it a shot give it a shot yeah. first, you know. Exactly. Test the waters. Um, for sure. and so they've ordered about um, well two hundred and fifty uh, volume fours so far. Right. Uh, they ordered another hundred volume ones, which I have to deliver them tomorrow. Right on. And so it's a fair volume of books. And the way the contract That's amazing, works, man. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, like I don't have to hustle you my own guys two feet. Have come? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the way the contract works is that because we're using their consignment center, uh, we, they get, we get about 50% of the cover price. And so, they'll, that, that 50%, but That's then they'll also good. subtract a little bit more for their processing fees. Sure. They'll subtract uh, 7 to 9% for processing. All right. Uh, and if they want to return a book, they can return it at any time for a full refund. I can't say no. Okay, right. Uh, and that's just kind of what you have to accept. That's great. Because I'm not big enough to argue with any of those things. No, 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 no. But at the same time, like, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah. There is a fair bit of like logistical setup involved uh, to get the boxes into their system. They have to be like uh, double-walled boxes rated for 275 pounds of crush pressure. 
There's really specific uh, label placements. You have to use their invoice formatting. It's like it's, it's a huge process. It took us like a month and a bit to get set up into it. Do all this crap, man. I don't sleep, like, man. You have a regular day job. <laughs> I have too. a regular day job, and I work, do the anthology, and then I do My fulfillment. God. And Kickstarters. Insane. And we're starting up two new books because I'm mad. You very well might be the busiest man in Toronto. Uh, no, I think it's full Sean Daly. Sean Daly's still late. I don't know. No, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. But of course, there's Shay. Uh, even my wife last night, who knows Shay, and uh, she even turns to me and she's like, "What is with Shay? Like every 15 minutes, he's drawing something new, and it's I respect that a good. Lot. He's you gotta hustle. Some people are just fast. Like they're, yeah. they're they see it in their head, they see the vision, and it flows yeah. out through their hand, and they. Whip, oh, whip it. it around. There's a whole bunch of people like that. And then there's yeah. some people who, I'm sure you know, need a little prodding <laughs> once in a while to get that, that yeah, you yeah. know, whatever in on the deadline. You know? The only downside is that I haven't had a chance to do anything creative myself in a very long time. I said this to you last year. Yeah, Remember, yeah. I said, when is it going to hit that you want to yeah. start working on your own thing? It's a true. Little I want to do right? that, but I don't, do. I don't quite know when. Well, well, well we've seen enough now? success that right. we like. We have to keep pushing momentum as far How, as we can. So do you? Is, so there's no end in sight for this. Like you just keep riding her out till like popularity kind of peters uh, out. For Toronto Comics, yeah. yes and no. Okay. Uh, Toronto Comics, like, I'm going to find a different editorial team for next year. Really? So I'll be more involved in a managerial level, right. but not necessarily as. Um, okay, as that's a big myself. change, man. A new yeah. editorial team is a huge switch. Uh, in this case, both Aaron and Allison are moving on doing their own oh, anthologies. Sure they have tons of to stuff to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Allison made full-time on Wayward what Sisters. What anthology is Aaron doing? Uh, Aaron's doing something called Ash and Rust. Interesting. What's that uh, about? It's actually a pretty cool pitch. I, I like this, the looks of it so far. We just saw the cover art yesterday. Um, so the deal is it's a pre- and post-apocalypse story in a shared universe. Okay. So it's a near future with humans and robots living side by side. Robots uh, are intelligent, but they're not allowed to look like us. They're very much second-class citizens. Okay. Okay. Uh, there is an enormous asteroid coming towards Earth that we're towing in that is full of riches and minerals and is going to usher in this golden age of humanity. It's going to push into this post-scarcity era. Um, and so the first half of the book is stories set before the meteor arrives of like little small stories of humans and robots and the relationships between them. Okay. Uh, and then things go terribly wrong. The asteroid craters into the Earth after this ecological disaster. Wow. And all of a sudden, we're not the master of the robots anymore. We're dependent on them. Wow. And there's this new balance of power. Right, right. And so all the other stories are with those same characters, but set after the end of the world. And all different artists? In uh, it's, it's about five different creative crews. Okay, wow. Uh, and each of them has 18 pages to work with. And those 18 pages can be split up into as many stories as they like. So it'll be four pages before the apocalypse, eight pages during, and another eight afterwards. Y'all in your anthology. So it's a little bit like experimental, yeah. but I think it could be interesting. Yeah, I think it's very And so very it's going to cool. have a, like, I like all the pictures we've seen so far. Um, Who's involved? Like, what oh, I, it's not 100% locked down yet. All right, okay, cool. It's still, like, we've got submissions open so right now, but okay. it's like a small crew. We've been, uh, it's like an invite-only thing. Oh, that but makes yeah, it, it very exclusive. It does. Yeah, yeah. But it's an experimental book. It's only going to be, like, 100 pages long. Okay, that's cool. Though. Only 100 pages. Yeah. You've gotten to the point <laughs> where, with the stuff you put out, you think only 100 pages is not too it, much. It's tiny. It's nothing, <laughs> man. Ridiculous, man. <laughs> hey, remember, remember the 22-page comic books that we're all into, too? You're yeah. allowed to make those as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's great, man. Though, um, so how if this keeps riding out, when when do you start number five? How's that going to work? August, August. So I've got until August to build the new editorial team, uh, lay out the structure, figure out 
what mistakes we made in the, the current volume. Like, after right. each project, we get all the editors together and we go, like, of course. date by date, what went wrong, what right. went right, what can right. we fix, what can we do better. Right. We also have an anonymous survey we send out to all of our creators. Right on. Because if you ask a creator, hey, do, do you like me? Yeah. They'll say yes. <laughs> yeah. But if I ask them anonymously, like, do you like me? Yeah. They're like, no, we hate you. Oh, yeah. And all of your work is terrible. And your editing is terrible. I'm sure your questions want, are a little more specific honesty. than that. And but, so yeah. we want to give people a chance to be direct without feeling like they have to like toe the line. Of course. And we want to really kind of see what was fun for people. What did they enjoy? Oh, what yeah. did they find and hard? Pause. Yeah, yeah. Push and that like, stuff. Make sure that every year like we're getting better from the user's perspective, from the creator's perspective. Right. Because every anthology has two audiences. It's the audience who buys the book and the audience who creates the book. And right. we have to make an attractive environment for both those people. Yeah. I don't want anybody walking away from our books feeling that they were taken advantage of right. or they weren't listened to. And you want it to be a positive experience. Exactly. That's the whole point of the book. Right? Yeah, I can't yeah. pay them enough to treat them like jerks. Have you ever when had I'm many rich, negatives? Jerk. <laughs> have you had many negative? Have you had many, like, no, without naming names so or anything? Far. But you never no, no. really had somebody I'm, like, that sucks. some slight disagreements. Like, early on, in uh, between volume two and three, there was kind of a... Some folks felt that the first two anthology crews, like group of creators, we were a collective. And so the next book should only be from those people. Uh, whereas I felt that it should be like the best stories available at that particular time. Right. And it was like a different kind of mindset of what they were looking for. Right. Uh, but the collective, like they formed their own books now. They're doing their own cool things. Okay. But it's like it was a growing pain as we kind of defined ourselves differently. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And like it's not Trial wrong error. to be unhappy with us. It's not wrong to not want to do the things we do or even to not have a good time with us. Right, but you want to know the feedback helps. Whether exactly. It's, you know, you Again, know. we'll do everything we can to make people enjoy the project. Right. To be as positive as, as possible and because we're still learning as we go, right. like if we make mistakes and no one tells us we make mistakes, we never learn. Right, right. Well, uh, it's like staying humble. Staying humble is key. Hey, the mistakes Confident are getting humble. far. And if you do, without naming names, do you have any ed new editorial ideas for the team? Um, it's also on the contract stage. I right. can't talk about it too yet. Right, yet. but you do have names in your head. Like, there's people yeah. you're considering uh, that you I hope to some work folks with. At TCAF. I spoke to some folks here and there. Right on. Um, the I spoke is to. Is there interest? Yeah, yeah, actually, I spoke to a woman at TCAF who was very interesting. Very cool. Um, has a, a long background in editing comics and developing stuff from new creators. Okay. Uh, and I'd be very happy to work with. Very like, cool. Like, one of my concerns with building a new editorial team is, like, when we first started the book, like, volumes one and two, uh, all three editors were straight white guys. Okay. And that can't be the case anymore. Right, right. Because, like, right. that's not a diverse enough market. Our books, sure. like, that doesn't reflect Toronto. Not at all. Not and we need to make way. stories that are a little bit more diverse. Right, right, right. Well, it's good that And you so went I'm actively looking out for folks, like, if I end up doing some editing on that book, which I may end up having to do inevitably, like, I'll be the token white dude. Right? No, I got you. That's all good. <laughs> I'd so rather have someone else doing it. Right. Because, again, we're, I'm not. It's not that you're enough. conscious of these things, though. That's I what think makes it's really the book important. so wonderful. You're conscious of the thing, like, things more than just the financial, you know, positives of the situation, right? And in part, this is people have called me on my yeah. shit. Right, right. Because I'm not perfect. I am blind. I am privileged. Right. But people tell me that I'm wrong, and I try to listen. Sometimes they have to tell me a couple times before I, before I actually listen. Eventually, but I'll I get that thick through that thick skull, eh? Yeah. <laughs> but it's important to listen to people. Yeah, and oh, to see, yeah. Like... Not just from like a human decency point of view, but from like a cold hard cash point of view. Yeah. If the audience don't want it, they don't want it. Right, right. You gotta find like happy workers, happy product, happy yeah, audience. Exactly. Right, right. So TCAF. Yeah. It was uh, how was your TCAF experience? I don't remember it at all. No, man. I went for. <laughs> I'd never been to TCAF. I walked in there and I was like, I'm not even gonna attempt to pod. This is it's far crazy. too. It's insane. bananas. 
So I just was like soaked in my first experience and, yeah. you know, I barely got a word in edgewise with you because it just <laughs> seemed like you were just handing out. Books. Oh, yeah. Like, we were just. Did you guys like, just kill it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Like, it was the best show we've ever, ever done in four right. years. Nice. Um, we sold 143 books of the, of the new one. Wow. And 250 books in total. Wow. And like for a bunch of nobodies, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's it, it may be a book of nobodies, but. But it's, it's a book the about book is you. Not, the book is not a nobody itself at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, the right? book is, yeah. it's about yeah. the people, like, you're from Toronto. It's about everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're from Toronto, it's a book for you because it's a book about the places you know oh, and yeah. people like you. And if you're yeah. not from Toronto, yeah. it's a souvenir of the place. I think that's the key. I think when people really, when they finally see the book and understand how Toronto-based it is and what a love for the city And how charming the stories are. The artwork oh. is just super adorable. Well, that's the great thing about the variety of this book is that it you you know there's horror in there, there's romance in there, there's yeah, sci-fi yeah. in there, there's fantasy in there, there's every little bit of it. Yeah. Because most, most anthologies take a, a, a specific view or a that's theme the on yeah. something, but when you make it something as broad as Toronto... Yeah. You know, you've got the diversity of any kind of story you want well, to do. We, so. we did kind of sit down and choose themes before we built the book, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, we decided we wanted stories that were in unusual genres, unusual okay. characters, right. and then had empathy. Really? I thought We didn't just, want any mean stories. Okay. I thought that just kind of came along naturally with the artists involved because of the city itself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like... Part, yeah. yeah, like, okay, we yeah. At, like, a lot of the stories that were submitted already had the things we were looking for. Right, right. They were already from diverse creators and diverse characters. Right, right, right. <coughs> That's too cool, man. So what's coming up? What's uh, next? Shows? Anything? When can... Yeah, uh, well, we're going to do a whole bunch of book signings and like a book launch for the book. Okay. So that's something I'm planning. What do you mean? There's no... This book's been launched like three times already, hasn't well, it? Well, <laughs> just TGAF so far. It's been our only event. That's the only where it's been available? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I just TGAF and Indigo. Oh, there's one more before that. No? That's oh, cool. we did a free calling book day. Where we had right. some samples of the book. Okay, okay, right on. So, um, but no, we're gonna schedule a whole like uh, book tour as much as we can in Toronto. Right on. Um, right now, I haven't had a chance to really kind of get that going. Cause I'm still working on Kickstarter fulfillment, getting everything out of the door with that, which is oh my god, that's a, that's the hard that's a pile part. of work. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, on Wednesday, I had four folks coming over: um, Aaron, Allison, Jeff, uh, Stephanie, Brennan. Uh, who came over and helped pack the books for like a good four or five hours. Wow. Uh, and like, I don't have a bedroom right now. I don't have a bed. I sleep on a couch. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious because like, I moved everything out of my living room into my bedroom because I have nothing but boxes in my home. It's just, it's not good. It's our life, man. Uh, I yeah. was out for dinner the other night for uh, our good friend Stephanie Lyons' birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sam Noir was there. And I finally met his lovely wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I asked, uh, I happened to ask Sam, I'm like, so where do you keep all, because, you know, his massive <laughs> toy collection and everything. Yeah. I'm like, so where do you keep all that? And she just spins from the conversation she was having, spins her head. She's like, everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. It's totally true. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. See, my wife, the thing about my wife is, if I didn't decorate, she wouldn't decorate. She's like a minimalist, right? So if okay. I didn't put any pictures on the wall, she wouldn't really bother, right? <laughs> Maybe one picture somewhere or yeah. something. So our house is nothing but like comic book prints and original <laughs> art and stuff. Awesome. But she's got to deal with it because it's like, hey, we gotta have something on the walls, right? But that's just uh, yeah. that leads me to a specific shout out. Mm. I know you in your own case. I believe you're a single bachelor living guy. Yep. But uh, for all those women out there who do support the Mad Men like us, 
who fill our houses and our bedrooms yeah. and our beds to with comic books and toys. Partners, the comic creators. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hard life. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, but, Stephen, congratulations again uh, on yet another wonderful well, anthology. Thanks for your support. Thanks heart. for your help with the marketing. Of hey, man. Hey, you know what? I'm going to admit this horrible thing that I did. Last year, I supported 142 Kickstarters. Jeez. Okay. That's a lot of Kickstarters. I did it is a lot of Kickstarters. Does your wife know? Uh, I, she <laughs> might now. Um, nah, she doesn't listen to this show. She'll never know. You know, not like huge ones, but, you know, I like yeah. to hit those little ones where you can drop five bucks here and just help a little comic get out. And I showed up at TCAF, and I'm like, hey, uh, Stephen, where's my book? And you're like, oh, well, here it is. I'll just cross you off the list, and I'm not on the list. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I checked my Kickstarter activity, and I forgot to pledge. <laughs> this interview is over. I so apologize. Uh, I hope that I have showed my support oh, in fine, some way over the past few hey, you years. Came, you came I've to the table to, to buy be, a book, everything's forgiven. I've tried to be a huge supporter of this outfit uh, yeah, that you're running it. because it's such a beautiful, wonderful thing. But uh, kids, you know, you got to keep things clear. But then I didn't feel too bad because... I won't call him out, but there was another person at that dinner who admitted that they had forgotten to pledge as well. <laughs> it's all right. And it's I, all right. I won't call them out, but it, I, you I know, think I know who it is. There's just so much that goes on. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, either it's way, kids, if you didn't get a chance to get on, in on the Kickstarter, make sure you get on the next one because you guys have yeah. some amazing. Or you can order the books right now at TorontoComicsAnthology.com or your local chapters in Indigo. If they don't have it in stock, go to their consignment manager and ask for it. Absolutely. And if you enjoy it, make sure you get on board with the Kickstarter because of the reward. Yeah. and the extra stuff that you yeah. get out uh, of the Follow us on Twitter as well. Yeah. We'll be launching our next two books on Kickstarter there soon. Absolutely. Uh, probably in uh, July for Aaron's and okay. October for Allison's. All right, beautiful. So do we have an umbrella now? Is it uh, officially T.O. Comics Press? T.O. Comics Press? Is that, yeah, is this because I like, the, I like the double meaning there. Yeah, it's like yeah. T.O. Toronto, but also like Abs towards comics. Ooh. Getting all deep on yeah. shit. <laughs> I love it. I, I was thinking that I earlier. I want to say like, a special shout out to our, our logo designer, Greg Jensen, who did okay. a fantastic job with that logo like four years ago. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I put it on the stuff all the time. So all we got to do is add the word press now, and yeah, this will be like exactly. an official. An official thing, man. Yeah. Congratulations, Stephen. Once again, kids, Toronto Comics, young at heart. As you said, Toronto Comics with an X.com. Indigo and Chapters. It is out there. It is beautiful. It is full of color and life and the love <laughs> of Toronto. Uh, pick it up, kids. Uh, and, of course, we're going to keep uh, keep coming with the updates, and we'll be following Toronto Comics as long as they're making them. Thank awesome. you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it.